full armor. <laughs> Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you are the great God that loves us and wants us to truly inherit everything you have for us. As we act in obedience today and gather ourselves to praise and worship you, we ask for your presence in an abundant manner. For those on their way, traveling mercies. For those watching us over the world wide web, letting them know that there is no distance in the kingdom of heaven. Lord, as we partake of this time and drink and eat of the word that you have for us today, may we truly leave here full and ready to take on any challenge because we know that we are your people and as long as you are with us, it matters not who is against us. For the musicians and our special guests, for those serving and for the woman of God, a special, special blessing. Allow everything that they have for us today to permeate deep and again, fill our reservoirs. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Please put your hands together and welcome the worship team. Good morning, church. God is good. And all the time, hallelujah. The song says he gives and takes away, amen. But in all things we can say, blessed be the name. Are we here to worship this morning? Are we here to praise him this morning? He is worthy to be praised, amen. So open up your mouth and lift your hands as we worship the King of Kings. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name 
the road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Sing every blessing. Oh, oh. 
worship him and we just want him to open our eyes this morning so that we can see him amen
morning. We thank you, Lord, for being our hope this morning. And that he reaches to us, amen? He knows we are when we're in places that we are unreachable, but yet he still reaches down to us. Can we thank the Lord for that? And that where his spirit is, there is freedom, amen? Where he is, there is fullness of joy. A joy that no one can give you, a freedom that nothing can buy. We can't earn it, but his grace and his mercy and his love for us is the reason why we're here this morning, amen? And why we can experience freedom in Christ. Hallelujah, he is worthy to be praised.
chains that bind us, the ones made by man and the one made by ourselves that keep us from experiencing life the way we should. So just in case you didn't get it, you are free. And free people rejoice. And they take the time to remember their Lord. This is the time in the service. If you'd like to make that connection with the Lord, you can either sit or stand, or if you want to kneel. We're not restricting your ability to talk with your Lord and Savior. But know this, that he knows the desires of your heart. He knows the condition that you're in. He knows everything. And he stands ready to help you. Multiple times in the Bible, through your cares, Make your petition. Come boldly. He's inviting you to access from him everything that he has for you. And we live in a place where you can do that and do that freely. So at this time, let's take advantage of that and go before our Heavenly Father who has given us so much and asks so little. Heavenly Father, we are truly grateful to be your people. We know, Lord, that you care for us. You've said it so many times how much you love us. You showed it so many times. We know that your love is forever and abiding. And that you want only the best for each and every one of us. For those of us, O oh Lord, who are still languishing in the desert, who have not made you their Lord and Savior. We know you have a special place for them. For those who are still wondering, why am I here? What is my purpose? Am I just an accident? We know that you have the answer. Heavenly Father, you have asked us to work in the vineyard and reap this harvest and bring those who need you because we know you have no desire to see any soul lost. So for those of us who have been shirking our duty, help us, O oh God. Help us to be obedient to your word and reach out to that person that needs you. For those of us, O oh Lord, among us who have the physical need, ailing, mind and body. You are the great healer. And we ask, oh God, that you stretch out your hand and deliver us so that we may have an awesome testimony to tell those about the greatness of the Lord who met you at your time of need. For a nation that is upside down and spun around, Lord, we know that you reign and that you have the answer for them. A return to the foundations of this nation, which was based on your love. For those among us who are not sure, who feel that their faith may be wavering, strengthen them. For those among us, O oh Lord, 
who are grieving, or our heart is broken, please send the Holy Spirit to mend and repair. Today is an awesome day. It is a day that you have made for us. And for those who are obedient to your word, we know there is nothing that you will withhold from us. So today, Lord, may we truly be open to receiving from you. May we truly try to appropriate everything that you have for us today. Let's not be shy. Let's call out on the man who has freed us and given us an everlasting hope. To the musicians, our guests, the word that will be delivered, may truly come over all of us and give us the strength to make it through these next five days. We thank you, Lord, because we know that you are more than able. So we will put our faith in you. And we thank you for what you've already done and for everything, everything that you have yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you believe it, give him a hand. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, good morning, church. It's really good to be here with you today. It is not a cliche. It is truly great to be in God's house among God's people. And we already know where two or three of us are gathering. He's already here. So we welcome his presence today. special time in our service that we'd like to recognize those of you who are joining us for the very first time. If you are a first-time guest at Living Word Open Bible, we'd like to recognize you. We're not going to ask you to say anything or put on a performance. We just want to recognize you. So at this time, if you just stand, the ushers have something they'd like to share with you. First time, welcome. All right. Give her a big open welcome. See, just as I promised. <laughs> We just wanted to make sure we acknowledged you today in that packet. It's a really important thing, of course. It's a connection card that allows us to reach out to you. We won't solicit anything from you. We just want to thank you for being here with us today because we know it's not an accident. And also, there's an opportunity for you to write down a prayer request. This is a praying church. So if that's something that you're in need of, please don't miss out on this opportunity to share that with us today. Is anyone joining us for the second or third time? Just uh, wave your hand at me. There you go. Hey, welcome back. All right. <laughs> the card that we're giving you is just to get you a little bit more connected with us because we know that once we get you here, the idea is to get you connected. There's a lot of opportunities at the church to serve and to learn, and we'd like to make sure that you avail you of all of them. So you can fill out that card, and again, we can start to get you connected here at the church. And for those of you who've been coming faithfully and all our members, we don't forget you either. Give yourselves a hand of applause. Thank you for coming today. <laughs> all right, when you came in, you got this wonderful bulletin. If you haven't taken a look at it yet, I'm just going to highlight a few things that um, are coming up soon. Of course, on Saturday, March 9th at 9 a.m., we have our leadership training with Dr. James Davis for the leaders here at Living Word Open Bible. If you haven't signed up yet, guys, please 
do so at the welcome desk. Also, Bread of Life, fourth anniversary and dedication service on March 3rd at 6 p.m. Please make some plans to be there. On the 10th, there's only one service, guys, on March 10th. That's at 9 o'clock. For all you lovely people that love to come here early in the morning, we're going to give you a little hour of sleep just as a reward that month. So once again, on March 10th, one service only, and that's at 9 o'clock. Uh, Bible Connection Dedication Service is also on March 24th, that's a Sunday, at 5 p.m. And, and for all of our members, please don't forget our members meeting, March 29th, here at the church. Those, those students who have been doing such a great job at school, we definitely like to recognize academic excellence. If you have not turned in your required documentation as yet, Remember, the deadline is the 28th. So please, don't miss out on the opportunity. You've done the work. Why not get the reward? So please turn in your documentation uh, as soon as possible. And if you're looking for a great opportunity to serve, there are opportunities in Children's Church and Sunday Bible School uh, looking for dedicated servers who would like to impact children in a special way. So again, if you're looking for an opportunity, that is a great one. Well, these are the announcements I have for you today. At this time, I'm going to ask Deacon Daniel to come up and do our black history item for today. Give him a hand as he comes up, please. Thank you very much, Brother Forbes. Good morning, church. Uh, it's this time in the year. It's the last Sunday in the month of February. And it's time when we do black history. And um, we're going to do a little bit different today. And I'm going to invite up Sister, Sister Chong, um, Jessica Chong and Lauren are going to come up. And Sister Robin also going to come with them. So I'm going to have a different group this morning. What we are going to do today, the, we're trying to bridge the gap. On a little soft topic, bridging the gap between those who don't look like you and those who look like you, right? And we have used a lot of those who look like us in the past. And you, we are in a time when you can't just come into church and put your hand up and praise God and say hallelujah and praise his name. But the person next to you, you hate them because they're white or black or green or blue. Because in God's kingdom, we're all one people. Amen. And so you are, that's what I want to bridge the gap this morning, because we want to make that small step in saying the time is now. As Dr. King said, the time is always right to do right. And we want to do right. We want to begin to do right. And so whatever stereotypes you have, always understand they are going to die by the time you get to heaven, if you want to get there. Amen? All right? And so this morning, I have with me Lauren first, and she's going to do a little a little poem, and it's called, it's on multiculturalism, because Lauren is from a mixed relationship. Amen? All right, Lauren? Multiracial children are one of the fastest growing segments of the U.S. population. The number of mixed-race children families in America are steadily increasing due to a rise in interracial marriages and relationships, as well as an increase in transracial and international adoptions. In the 2013 U.S. Census, about 9 million Americans identified themselves as more than one race. 10% of children born in the U.S. in 2013 had parents who were different races. 
In the United States, marriages between blacks and whites increased 400% in the last 30 years, with a 1,000% increase in marriages between whites and Asians. In a recent survey, 47% of white teens, 60% of black teens, and 90% of Hispanic teens said they had dated someone of another race. Some interracial families face discrimination in their communities. Some children from multiracial families report teasing, whispers, and stares when with their family. Children may also face pressure from society, peers, or their families to identify with only one race. Parents can help their children cope with these pressures by establishing open communication in the family about race and cultures, and by allowing curiosity about differences in skin color, hair texture, and facial features among family members. For the majority of multiracial children, growing up associated with multiple races and cultures is enriching and rewarding. For me, I find that I am able to relate to a wider variety of people because I know and respect different cultures. My family and my church have contributed to my knowledge, and I'm thankful. Thank you very much, Lauren. That she's very proud of who she is. Amen? Amen. And I have Robin with me, and I have a feeling that one day Robin is going to be one of the ambassadors to help bridge the gap, using her experience so she works and other, and other things. And I'm going to just ask them a few questions. Any other question you have for them, when they finish, you ask them outside. Okay? But I'm just going to ask them a few questions because Robin has a piece that says, God sometimes puts you in a place, right, where he wants you to be. So come forward, Robin, and talk to us. Good morning, church. Years ago, when I first started Instay, Pastor Francis told me that I could go to places that he couldn't go to, and I didn't understand what he meant. We went back and forth in that conversation, and I still don't understand what he meant, not knowing that he was talking about skin color, but without him saying it. It took me years to understand that, and I finally understand it. Brother Daniel, you taught me that my purpose in life was to bridge the gap. In one of my in-state courses in counseling, there's a section on cross-cultural counseling, which says, if you're willing to follow Jesus, you must be willing to sacrifice something from your own culture and adopt something from your adopted culture. Living Word Open Bible Church is my adopted culture. Meaning that... Meaning that you will be 75% of your own culture and you'll be 25% of the culture that you are with. You will be 75% of your adopted culture and you will never be completely enculturated, but you will be a 150% person. God will put you or put us into places we may not understand. For example, I've been here at Living Word Open Bible Church for almost 13 years now. And as a child of God, it is not for us to understand, but to say, yes, I will be obedient and do what it is you want me to do. For me, years ago, when I, was a, when I went where I was accepted when I was younger, the other side of town, the other side of the railroad tracks, I was not accepted by my own kind. Looking back, God was carving my way to where I am now and at my job. You have all taught me, every one of you, some way or another, and guided me, and you still do, about your culture. And I have embraced this community. A few of you have told me I'm more black than I am white. 
I take it as a compliment because that tells me that I have been obedient to God's word, and how awesome is that? Angela Davis, an activist for civil rights, said, I am no longer accepting the things that I cannot change. I am changing the things that I cannot accept. If you want to make a positive change, or if you want to make a positive impact in this world, then make it. Don't just grumble to your friends about things. That's negativity. Be that positive force and do it with love, because when you do anything with love, you cannot go and you will not go wrong. Love the life that you have been given. Make Black Friday every Friday. Support your local businesses, your black businesses, your island businesses. Support your Ruby's restaurants. So Ruby, if you're here, we support you. My two nieces that you see me here with on Tuesday nights, the three of us talk about girly things coming here to church. We talk about godly things. We have no prejudices. There is no color. We know we look different, but we blend. If you want to see the change, then be that change. If you need help, you can always call Auntie Robin. I'm always here to help. And just remember that God made you black, so be black, be bold, and be beautiful. Thank you very much, Robin. Thank you very much. And now I have Jessica, who you know, and I'll be asking Jessica just a few questions. I'm not going to ask all the questions you want to hear. Okay? <laughs> um, so, Jessica, first, uh, tell us about growing up white in America. Well, for me, um, from a young age, I always recognized or heard comments from other kids in school, especially more like elementary. I, I heard like the little things that people felt. Um, I heard it from the adults around me. Um, and I never, I never wanted to partake in it. I never thought it was funny. I never thought that those things, they just didn't resonate with me. I didn't want to be associated with that. Um, once I got like into middle school and I had more of a voice, a little more confidence, um, I was more able to like weed out those people in my life. And that's what I did. I really weeded out my friends. I made sure that my friendship base was people that just, did, those conversations just didn't happen. I didn't want to hear people make little undertones of jokes or point out the differences in a, 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 a manner that was unkind. I didn't want anybody that, I always felt like if somebody heard that, they, their feelings would be so hurt. I didn't want to be part of that. Um, but I, I did recognize it. Um, as I got in more into high school and much more confident, um, I found that I, I resonated more with people of color or people of different races, different ethnicities, because those things didn't happen. It wasn't a group of all one type of person um, able to band together and talk about a group of other people. I didn't want to be part of that. So my friendship base became more diverse. And, um, but it didn't mean that I didn't see it and I didn't dislike it. Um, or as an adult, um, if I had the means, I would be an activist. I would, I would just try and do so much because I see the inequality that we, you know, that people face and it's hurtful. And it's hurtful to me too. Um, I was telling Brother Daniel that, you know, Black History Month is so important and some people are so afraid of it. Uh, mostly white people are, are like, like they're afraid of it. They don't think it's for them. But it really is for all of us. And 
Um, I try and put facts up on Facebook every day about somebody important in black history, um, just so that even the friends that I have that are afraid or that just kind of don't want it to touch them really, it doesn't affect me, I don't, I don't want to be part of it, that they can branch out a little and research a little bit. So I do see racism, but I've chosen even from a young age to separate myself from that and from people that are like that. So. Thank you so much. That is, that is very well said. Show me your company and I can tell you who you are. You know, your parents said that many years ago and it's still valid today. Um, I get asked this question um, and I asked Jessica this question by my young people in Sunday school class. Should I date someone outside of my race? Please give me a little advice or give them a little advice. Well, I would say yes, because it seems to work for me, but <laughs> <laughs> I kind of started looking into the Bible about it. Um, and the only thing I really could find was that Moses married an Ethiopian woman and he had a sister Miriam who really expressed her dislike about it. And God punished her, he cursed her with leprosy. So it showed me that in God's eyes, that's not an issue. It's not something that he um, addressed throughout the Bible. And it's, it's not something that is an issue. God talks about being evenly yoked in a spiritual and a religious way. And I just think that if you find that person that you can be yoked with spiritually, um, that that is where, the, where everything is going to start from. But with that being said, I also think that if you have very strong feelings about your heritage or, and, and you're not going to be able to find somebody who can appreciate your strong feelings and support your strong feelings, you have to just be very careful and you have to be very confident and strong knowing that there will be comments, there will be looks, family members, family members will ask you questions, why and what, how did that happen? And um, you have to be strong enough and confident enough and I think that starts really with being evenly yoked with that person spiritually. So. Thank you very much, Jessica. She sort of answered the last question. I was going to ask her about what her friend thought when she dated outside of her race, but I'll leave that for you to answer, ask her outside. Okay, so you ask her that outside. All right, but I want to thank them very much and uh, would you put your hands together for them? Thank you all very, very much. Thank you all very, very much. It is, it's really good to see um, when we can present something that's different. In our small church, we are making a difference and in race and ethnicity and everything else. Go home, and when you hear somebody say something that is racially intolerant, it is your challenge to nip it in the bud. Most of the racism we learn is in our homes, in our houses. You have to deal that with children all the time at school. Most of it comes from your houses. If you don't nip it in the bud and say, that's not how it is, you can't do that, then they will carry on and speak it. And they will speak it outside and they're going to embarrass you. So you need to nip it in the bud. I want to thank you all. And that kind of bring the curtain down on our black history. I hope you learned something. And be the change that you want to be. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Daniel. And thank you to our very brave speakers. You definitely should get them up. That is not easy to do, <laughs> and it's not an easy subject. You know, the one thing that I'd like to say at some point is that I know that we've arrived when black history is just American history. Then we've arrived. That isn't seen as something separate from what really is. 
They did everything they did right here. <laughs> it is American history. We all contributed to what we have here. So when we don't have to set aside a special time, when it's every day, then I know that we've arrived. When we're not using words like tolerant, or that we're using more like embrace, I know that we're there. So we got a little ways to go, but I know we'll get there. And for every young person sitting here, <laughs> that is your charge. <laughs> okay, so thanks again, Brother Daniel. I really appreciate everything you've done this month and to all of the speakers that have shared. Truly, truly inspiring work. All right, at this time, I am going to ask you to um, join me in welcoming uh, a special guest today. Um, UK inspirational gospel saxophonist Mark Bunny is with us today and will be ministering through music during today's service. Mark is from Leicester, England, and is a graduate of Berklee College of Music in Boston, Massachusetts. Mark enjoys touring internationally, giving concerts, and assisting others in learning to play the saxophone. Mark has sponsor, supported many of the gospel industry's top artists, such as Take Six, Jonathan Butler, Donnie McKirkland, Brian Cage, among others. Mark is currently touring the US for the next few months, promoting his brand new fourth CD project of 13 contemporary hymns, arrangements entitled for him. If after listening, you are blessed by Mark's music, you will have all four of the, his CDs available on the outside. But at this time, please welcome Mark Bunny. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Hello, are you glad to be alive this morning? Amen. I don't know about you, but I thank the Lord for, for waking me up in the land of the living this morning. Amen. Many people haven't woken up this morning, so let us give God all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. It is truly a blessing to be back here at Living Word Open Bible Church. It has been many, many years since I was last here, and I just thank God for sparing our lives, and you're looking so blessed that I know God has been good to you. Amen. You know, God has brought us through so much. We serve such a faithful God, and I just thank him this morning genuinely for sparing our lives and watching over us. I've been traveling um, since December um, from England. I'm a snowbird at heart, you know, so I've left the cold to come to the land of milk and honey, you know. Florida um, is one of my favorite places. It's such a great privilege to be back here in the sunshine capital of the world. And I've been promoting a brand new CD um, that I had the privilege to complete um, at the end of last year. Uh, as the brother said, the CD is called For Him, you know, and it's um, some hymn arrangements um, that I know that you'll love. I'm going to bless you with one of the songs off that album right now. And um, actually, as I was putting this album together, uh, my mother has a favorite hymn, and she's always saying, I want you to put that song on the CD for me, you know, and how can you say no to your mother? You can't, right? And so I'm going to play for you my mother's favorite hymn, 
right now. And um, it's become my favorite hymn because as I'm traveling, especially by myself, I'm learning that I got to walk. I'm walking, trying to walk closer with Jesus every day because I realize that there is no other help that you can turn to really other than Jesus Christ. He's the source of all our strength. Amen. So God bless you. Great is thy faithfulness.
Praise the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. Great is his faithfulness. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. And the Bible says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. It also says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do with all thy might. Amen. I just want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, that whatever your talent, whatever your gift is, do give it all to Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Wow. I have about another week or so to go before I head back to England. So keep me in your prayers. It has been a wonderful trip, um, just promoting, you know, traveling around the States. Um, I will be back later on in the year. Keep me in prayer as well because um, my wife and I, we're, we're seeing if the Lord will open up some opportunities for us to come and move maybe to Florida, <laughs> you know. So, so keep that in your prayers. I'm going to do one more selection for you. Oh, before I do, I wanted to mention as well that I do teach people to play the saxophone as well. I have a program. I teach people around the world, you know. So if you've ever wanted to learn, you know, come and see me at my table. Fill out one of my forms, and you can check the box that says I'm interested in learning to play the saxophone. I'll get more information to you. You know, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you don't worry about, all you got to do is, if you've got the desire, come and see me, okay? And then we'll, I'll figure out, I'll let you know how it's all going to work out. All right. Um, so I'm going to do another one of my favorite hymns, songs. Not, not really a hymn, but um, I know that you're going to know this song. This is actually off my second CD project, but... Um, it's kind of what my ministry is all about, you know. I believe that we ought to give total praise, not half-hearted praise, but total praise to God who is God and God alone. It's been a wonderful privilege to see you all again and to be back. I hope I don't leave it so long next time. I think it's been about 10 years uh, since I was last here. But um, give my warmest regards to your pastor. I know that he's not here today, um, but I spoke with his dear wife, and she was so welcoming to have me back here and it's a blessing to be back here i pray that you're blessed total praise
Living Word Open Bible, Mr. Mark Bunny. Now my blood is running. I don't know about yours. Praise. Thank you so much for that inspiring piece. Actually, Greater Than Faithfulness is one of my favorite hymns, so I thank you for that as well. So again, he's in town for a little while. If you are thinking about learning the saxophone, take advantage of the opportunity and take a lesson. I think that uh, if there's any an ounce that he can give to you in the time that you're with him, you're going to be an inspiration to others too. So once again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to keep it going with our worship. Today is fourth Sunday, so we're going to go ahead and uh, ask the ushers to get ready to take our tithes and our offering. And as it is a special Sunday, we're going to be doing it Nigerian style. God does love a cheerful giver, and there's nothing more cheerful when you guys are up and moving and dancing and giving your money to the Lord. So. We're going to go ahead and ask Sister Brown to bless the time. Praise the Lord. Father God, your word tells us that all good gifts comes from you. Father, even the beautiful music that we're blessed with this morning, we thank you. Father, recognizing, Lord God, that you're a good God. And so, Father, as we give back, may we give willingly, may we give cheerfully, Lord God, knowing that you are no man's debtor. Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. And so as we give, Lord, bless the givers. Lord God, bless the gifts. Use it for the furtherance of your kingdom here on earth. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. What can I say? That's just going to help you from the what back. What can I say? Unto the Lord, all I have to say is thank you, Lord. What can I say unto the Lord? All I have to say is thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All I have to say is thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All I have to say. What can I say unto 
might be in your foot but thank him anyhow amen 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 praise the lord i just wanted to on behalf of pastors and the leaders who want to thank those of you yesterday who helped um came out the boy scouts in big numbers to support our brother broderick and sister cynthia brother broderick lost his mom and so we had a memorial service yesterday and those of you who came out and you helped to serve and you were very hospitable to the guests and the Boy Scouts were shining. We thank you for doing all of that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence with us. We know in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your, pres at your pleasures and at your right and their pleasures forevermore. So today we ask you that as you are being in our midst, may you touch our hearts. May you hide me behind the cross. It's not about me. But may you, God, may the people hear your voice this morning. And may they commit it to their hearts and then apply it to their lives. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' mighty and precious name. Remember our pastor this morning as he continued to heal. Touch him rapidly, we pray. We thank you for that which you have already done and what you're going to do. Remember Sister Francis and Brian and Jonathan. Continue to comfort her. Give her the strength she needs. Because God, it is in her weakness that your strength is made perfect. So have your way in their heart and their lives today, we pray. In Jesus' name. God's people say amen. The text this morning is Mark chapter 5, and I'm reading from verse 25 to 34. And I have the King James Version, so you can follow as I read. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. 
Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. How many of you this morning here as have a long-standing issue that you want gone. You don't have to put your hand up, but if you have a long-standing issue and you want it gone. This woman had this issue for 12 years, and I had some fun with the 12 years. I broke it down like this. 144 months, 624 weeks, 4,368 days, 104,832 hours, give and take, leap year might be in there, so the numbers may be off a little bit, you know, but I went directly with the 365. I, I just like to play with that, so I said, okay, for consoling myself 144 months, I don't know how I could go through that. Talk about the days, 4,000-something days and so many hours. I don't know how I would go with this. But she had this issue. And you know when you talk about sick and tired of being sick and tired? I'm pretty sure she was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because every day you get up and it's again the same thing. You're looking for it to be done. And of course, with this situation... In the Jewish laws, this woman is unclean. She's ceremonially unclean because it tells us in Leviticus, and you can read that on your own, in Leviticus actually 15, and you can read that. It tells us this woman is considered unclean with this kind of issue. But the woman we saw, she was plagued with this issue. That surely a plague. And it tells you that she suffered many things from many physicians. Referrals after referrals. Labs after labs. Scans after scans. From one specialist to the next. And, no due, and with all due respect, we have a GYN in the house this morning. So he's probably thinking, what kind of issue that could have caused this? He, he would be able to know and tell the lady what to do or, you know, what kind of tests we need to try. So with all due respects there, Dad Junior. Um, but this woman, and then maybe medications upon medications for 12 years. She has been going to all these physicians. Would you think she's desperate? What would you say? She's desperate? Well, that's what I thought. And of course, I titled the message, Desperation Will Activate Great Faith. 
That's what I titled it. Desperation will activate great faith. But after all that, she still had no cure because she kept going year after year. And she kept going. So she was in a predicament. She's plagued. She's in a predicament. And it said that she went and she kept going and suffered all these things. And she spent all that she had and still was no better. So I found her penniless. Being plagued. Being in a predicament. She ended up penniless. Because she spent all she had going to get a cure for her issue that she had. You see, all the years that she's been having this issue, her faith was placed in all the physicians that she went to. How many of you know when we place faith in anyone else except Jesus, our condition remains the same or grows worse. When we put our faith in anyone else except Jesus, our conditions remain the same or it grows worse. It's not going to get any better. Because we know faith in Jesus. Faith in God can move mighty mountains. Faith in God will calm the troubled sea. Faith in God will make the desert like a fountain. Have faith in God. But we're no different from that lady. We look elsewhere all the time. First, before we look up. We look left. We look right. We look behind us. We look elsewhere. And then when we get desperate... We leave it for the last. We look up. So this lady, of course, being plagued and in a predicament and penniless, we saw she persevered. It said that when she heard about Jesus, she heard about Jesus. All the time she keep hearing about other specialists, other physician. But she heard about the great physician. She heard about Jehovah Rapha, the one who is able to heal. After 12 years, she heard about the great physician. Physicians, after physicians, but when she heard about Jesus. And thank God she heard about Jesus. Some of us hear about Jesus and we still want to look elsewhere. But the woman, she heard about Jesus and she said... Wow, and praise God for the person who told her about Jesus. Jesus is passing this way, told the lady. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Because she heard, she says, what if I try one more? Or she must have heard the story. Somebody who had sick before, maybe not with that issue, but somebody who had experienced the healing. Must have told the lady, come, I will take you. My physician is passing tomorrow. Come, because you remember, I had this issue. And I had this issue. And he's the only one who could have helped me. 
tell about his goodness. We must tell about his capabilities. If you experience it, don't keep it to yourself. Talk about it. Tell others, you know, I had this issue. And everybody else could not help. But the one who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or even think, he took care of it for me. So, I mean, she heard that he was coming. But it tells you right there, it says, she came behind him in the crowd. There was a crowd. Seemingly daunting, probably. She stand up and look at the crowd. Maybe she was maybe 5'2", like me. And she said, nobody's going to see me because I'm so short. But Zacchaeus was shorter than I was. But he found a way. Zacchaeus went up into the tree because he says, you ain't going to pass me today. But this woman, it might have been daunting. She saw the crowd. You can imagine she was thinking, okay, I'm too short. All these tall people, I'm going to get lost in the crowd. Or maybe she was thinking, you know, my neighbor might be in the crowd. And my neighbor might know what I was go I'm going through. And I don't want her to see me because she may tell them, no, 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 something is wrong with this lady. She may think, well, remembering I'm unclean. I don't want to dirty up Jesus. I don't want anybody else to come close to me. I know I'm unclean, but I don't know. All the things might have been going through her mind. Her thought process is just keep going and going because she sees the crowd but she's desperate. She's desperate. So even with the crowd, she said she was going. Because he said she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. In Luke, Luke chapter 8, it said that she said she just want to touch the hem of his garment. She didn't want to hold his hand. She didn't want to look in his face. She didn't want to touch any part of his body. If I can just but touch his clothes. If I can just but touch his clothes. And the people would say, woman, go sit down. Sorry, I have to go off there a little bit. Lady, go sit down. And the neighbor see her and said, Oh, no, you can't touch him. No, 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 no. Remember your issue? Then all of a sudden, everybody start looking. Touch the neighbor saying, you can't touch him, remember? Then the people around want to know, why you can't touch him? Start a scene on the poor woman. But she purposed in her heart. She was plagued. She in a predicament. She ended up penniless. She persevered. But... She said to herself, I have to do this. In, from the island where I'm from, 
I don't know if some of you ever heard it. I grew up and hear my grandparents and my parents say, those who have raw meat seek fire. The woman had raw meat, so she had to seek the fire. She had to go the extent of the distance to get it. And I'm going to get it. I don't care if the neighbor wants to expose me. I do not care if the crowd wants to walk me and push me away. But I got to get to this man because I hear about the great physician. And he's passing my way. And I have to go. The crowd is not going to stop me. I am going to go through this crowd. It says that she came in the crowd. And she touched him. No. She touched his clothes because she says, if only I could touch his clothes, that's great faith. That's great faith. You want to just touch his clothes? What's that going to do for you? Lady, you don't understand. You want to hold on to his hand. No, no, no. If I can just touch his clothes, I'll be fine because I'm extending my faith to believe that I, if I just touch his clothes, I'm going to be made well. That's the great physician. And she says, and in verse 29 says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. Because she touched his clothes. Whose clothes did he touch? Whose clothes did she touch? She touched the great physician's clothes. It is not like she touched all the others. All the other physicians, they touched her. Nothing happened. It's time for her to touch. So she touched and she said, even if I just touch your clothes, I'll be fine. So she touched. And it says immediately that the fountain dried up. How many of you know that Jesus Christ died and nailed or sickness to the cross. Jeremiah 17, 14 says, Heal me and I shall be healed. Heal me and I shall be healed. And of course, in Exodus 15, Jesus said, the latter part of the verse, it says, I will not put any of the sickness of the Egyptians upon you. I will because for I am the Lord who heals you. That's the great physician. That's the one. He doesn't just claim that he can heal. He does heal. He's the healing Jesus. And so she said, if I could just touch his clothes, then I will be made whole. So the woman persevered even though she saw the crowd. She didn't care what was going to happen to her. But she was going to get to him. One way or the other. If I fall down, I'm going to get up. If they push me away, I'm coming back. Because I'm desperate. And so I have to activate my faith to know that once I touch his clothes, then I'm going to be made whole. So we see she came by in the crowd and she did touch him. And it says immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. For 12 years, you've been feeling one way. When you get healing, you have to know that you are healed. Because the feeling is not the same. And it's not another physician touched me. 
but it's the great physician that I have touched his clothes. And he's able to heal me. And he did heal me. It's not just a promise which I've been trying to get to and I can't. But when she heard, she said, I have to get to this great physician. So she get through the crowd. And I would think that's courage. That's real courageous faith to go through the crowd knowing what your issue is. But you still say, even with your chatterbox neighbor, who is there and may tell the other people and say, start pointing. And then you run come as if you wanted to say, to help me. But you really don't want to help me. You just want to bring some scenes to some people who you were telling about me. They will know who I am because you says, coming like Judas, the one that kisses. And so they would know. But that's how we live our lives. Some of us face those situations. We have issues and our neighbors just magnify the issues even more. But you're desperate. So you don't care about the magnification that the neighbor does. You're desperate enough. Let them talk all they want to talk. Because I have raw meat. So I'm going to look for the fire. And she came through the crowd in spite of all that. Because she perceived that if I touch his clothes, I am going to be made whole. In 2 Corinthians, 2, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, say we walk by faith and not by sight. So she took her sight off the crowd and all the things. And she says, I have to muster. Because the Bible tells us if we have faith as a grain of mustard seed. So magnify your mustard seed faith. Especially when you hear about the person who is able to do it. And know that he has already done it for someone. So she walked through the, the crowd courageously with the faith that doesn't even think. She wasn't intimidated by the stretch of my imagination. She put that aside. And she persevered. And saying that I have to touch his clothes today. Jesus is passing this way. I'm going to reach out and touch him. And so she reached out and she touched him. Clothes regardless of what. So we saw she spoke because the scripture tells us that life and death is in the power of of the tongue. You know, and when I was doing this, I think to myself, how quickly we're easy to say negative things. It flirts off our tongue easily. Oh, I can't manage this. Oh, this is not going to happen. Oh, this, they're not going to give it to me. Flirts off our tongue easily. When we know life and death is in the power of the tongue. Because why? We're named by the name of Christ. And so we should speak positive. And you know when it's gone forth, we can't take it back. It's already gone forth. So we have to be so conscious 
of the circumstances around us. And before we say anything, let's think about what I'm going to say. What am I going to say? I'm not going to speak a negative situation over myself. I know somebody, and all she used to say, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't do this. I can't, I can't, I can't. So I had to give her the scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I trust you can say that too. Because if you name the name of Christ, you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, we're not talking you can kill somebody or you can rob a place because Christ strengthens me to do that. Not that. In his will, whatever his will, you can do all the things in his will to do that. So, of course, the lady... Just reminding you, she was plagued. She was in a predicament. She got penniless. She persevered. And she perceived that whatever, if I touch his clothes, then I will be made whole. And so she was not of the notion of just thinking it, but she was going to act it out. And verse 30 says, And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. He recognized that somebody plugged into the power source. He recognized that someone plugged into the power source. It is the same thing with us. I'm praying. You're praying. Somebody in Nigeria praying. Somebody in Liberia praying. And we're praying at the same time. Thank God. He doesn't take my petition and say, it is Sister Everly who just tell me that. No. He's omniscient. He knows all things. And when we plug in, he knows when we plug in. He knows also when you don't plug in. He also knows that. He knows there's no connection. We may fool the brethren, but we can't fool him. He knows when there's connection. And he knows when there's no connection. So if you connect, and he's not going to mix it up. He's not going to get it confused. He's not, there's no cross wires. No crossed wires. None at all. Nobody can interfere with that kind of a line. So he recognized that somebody has touched me. So the disciples, they were there to guard him. But he knows. He turned, he said, you see all these people thronging you all around you, and you're going to ask, who touched me? Well, what are you talking about, Jesus? Don't you, your people must touch you because all these people around you. He says, no, 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 no. This touch is a different touch. It's not a casual touch. It is a personal touch. And I know this touch. Somebody touched me. They must look at each other and say, he's at it again. Because he's talking something kind of crazy here. 
But Jesus knows when we plugged in to the power source. The woman plugged in to the power source. And of course, he tells you, once she touched his clothes, she was immediately healed. Instant healed. After 12 years, it's not like he gave her medication and said, go home and take this for seven days, 10 days. And after that, you shall be healed. But instantly, immediately, she was healed. She plugged in to the power source. She plugged in. And thank God. She exercised great faith and walked through the crowd courageously because many of us in our lives, we have hindrances and we face the hindrances. We put them in front of our eyes and we keep them in our minds and we say, no, this is not possible because so and so. And when we add it up and we say, to one to is only four, but Jesus said, no, no, no. Two and two is not four for me. Two and two might be 40. It might be 60. It might be 100. But our minds can't fathom that. And we make all the obstacles get in our way. And then we say, oh, this cannot happen. Oh, they terminate you. They lay you off. Oh, so they're going to lay me off too. company might stay open just for you. It might stay open just for you. So we're not like everybody else. It tells us that we're a peculiar people. We're a chosen generation. The song says, I know who I am. Do you really know who you are? The, more, the important part I love about what that is. I know whose I am. So sometimes I may not know who I am, but if I know whose I am, I am a child of a king. I am a child of a king. And use that to say, because I'm a child of a king, this is going to happen. It is going to be possible. It will be done. We may say, I don't know how. None of your business. I don't know when. None of your business. But I know it's going to be done. I know it's going to be done because if Jesus said so, it is going to be so. So we know the lady had a right hookup. She had a right connection. She had the right power source. FPL can't shut off the power. New Yorkers, Canadians can't shut it off either. Wherever other kind of power, they can't shut it off. This power stays on forever. You get connected, plug in. You know, your phone is dying, your cell phone is dying, and then you pick it up and say, it's dying. When you look at it, it needs to be plugged in. Or you're going to get power if you don't plug it in. You must plug in. So she plugged in to the power source. And of course, she got the power. She was healed immediately. Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith 
has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. She went in peace after she got power connected. Jesus said, your faith, your faith, your faith. Hebrews 11.6 tells us, without faith, it is impossible to please God. He was pleased. He saw her faith. She did not let the challenges stop her. And that's how we are. We look at the challenges and we say, wow, I can't make it. I'm not going to get through this crowd. There's too many people here. This one is going to see me. I may get lost. But she pushed it aside because she was desperate. She pushed aside because she was desperate. So the woman is off. After 12 years, she's walking in faith and victory. She's walking in faith and victory after 12 years. And you may say, okay, I'm not suffering 12 years yet. I don't have that issue either. But what is your issue? What is your issue? How long have you had that issue? There is one who is able that you can touch his clothes. Even if you touch the hem of his garment. He's able to set you free. Yours may not be physical healing. What is it? Is it peace? There's Jehovah Shalom. Is provision? There's Jehovah Jireh. Is it deliverance? There's Jehovah Mephalti. It is his presence you need. Is Jehovah Shammah. He's always there. He never leaves. What is it you need this morning? You may not have that. Is it battles and you need the host? He's Jehovah Sabiath. So there is one. What is it you need? Jehovah, the Lord. The I am that I am. Whatever you need. Whatever your circumstances are this morning, you may not have an issue of blood for 12 years. But whatever the issue, I'll put up my hands. I've got issue. I got an issue. I got an issue. And I know there is one who can minister to my issue. So this morning, whatever you need is Jehovah. Spurgeon, Charles H. Spurgeon says, faith obliterates time, annihilates distance, and brings future things at once into its possession. Twelve years, instantly she was healed. Time matters no more. She got instant healing. Are you able to extend your faith?
to believe that the Jehovah of your situation can meet you at your point of need. He's able. He's able. And all he has, you know, that belief is powerful. The woman believed that if she touched his clothes, not the disciples' clothes, not the people's clothes, but the great physician's clothes, she just believed. Because she says, I I'm suffering too much. I have no money left. I've been all over the place. I've been to every specialist in town and out of town. If I touch his clothes, would you dare to believe this morning that if you touch his clothes, would you dare to believe with me this morning that if you touch his clothes, we're going to sing this little chorus. And if you want to just act, to say, I believe, if I but just touch him this morning, he will work on my situation. You can stand up in your seat to show. You can come to the altar, whatever. But we're going to sing. Touching Jesus is all that matters. And your life will never be the same. There's only one way to touch him. Just believe when you call on his name. I have no, anybody knows that song, the worship team? Okay, we'll sing. We'll make a joyful sound. Do not listen to my voice. You know the words. Sing along, okay? Touching Jesus is all that matters. And your life will never be the same. There's only one way to touch Him. Just believe when you call on His name. Hallelujah. Touching Jesus is all that matters and your life will never be the same there is only one on your behalf already ask God this morning to if you but just touch him this morning reach out and touch him this morning and believe whatever your issue is you may not have any thank God for you who don't have any but ask him this morning if I can just but touch you will minister to me this morning so wherever you're at He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly. Above all, it's not about me. I can't do anything. You touch my clothes, nothing happens. Oh, Herbe Shindori Bobabasha. 
into him today and your life will never be the same because he cares he cares he cares father in the name of Jesus we come to you this morning father your people you know the various issues they be physical health emotional spiritual may you meet them at their point of need today as they're struggling to the power source as they reach out and touch you today. Oh God, may they experience that peace. For after many years, God, oh God, some of us are going through issues and we need a breakthrough. Oh, may you set forth your people. May you deliver. May you touch and manifest your power. Oh God, across this congregation today. Touch and may they believe that you're able to meet them at their point of need. May they extend their faith. May they walk through the crowd courageously. Father, we give you thanks for your word, which is life unto those that find it, and literal medicine to our flesh. Minister to your people. May they touch you today. May lives never be the same. Father, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty and precious name God's people say amen 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 you will pronounce the benediction but I am they're saying that the devotionals are outside and you can get your devotionals at the bookstore our first-time guest you are able to leave sister Winifred at the back you can turn around and Sister Winifred will take you to our hospitality suite where you'll be refreshed before you leave. And those who invited you can go with you. There's Sister Winifred at the back. She'll be waiting for you. And actually, you can leave now and go to Sister Winifred and she'll take you to our hospitality suite. Some of our leaders will come in and say hello to you. And we thank you for coming. All right. We have our Bible classes. And you know your classes. You can go there. Of course, we have no evening service. Lift your hands and receive the blessing today. Father, we thank you today. We give you thanks this morning for every person. May none leave the way they came today. Father, we ask you that you manifest your power in the lives. Remember those that are mourning the loss of loved ones today. We ask you, God, in the name of Jesus, comfort their heart, meet their every need, provide for them. We give you thanks, Jesus, Jesus. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. As we declare, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you. Have a great day.